Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Just hearing around the shot, the collaboration is just good. He's put the lap traffic behind him. He's put Kyle Larson behind him. He's put the field behind him. Kurt Busch sees the checkered flag, and Kurt Busch will take Michael Jordan to victory lane in the heartland, wins the Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway. Here we are. We're winners. It's a process. And each place, each sequence, I'm just happy to have a ride and happy to give my best. Early in my career, it was all about me, me, me. And now I've understood this is a team, and every element is, is super important. So I was able to do my job today. My team put me out there in position, and I wasn't going to let anybody named Kyle beat me today. I hope that this helps everything as far as the foundation that we've laid. You know, with Bubba's win last year, that, that was a huge foundation. And I would say that this is like building the, the first floor, building the second floor, and the sky's the limit. And so this... This means a lot to me as well because we started this 45 car from scratch and a lot of guys, girls, people came from other teams and the spirit was, we're we're a bunch of rebels, let's go do this. Hey everybody, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mile. Steve Letart, Dale Jarrett, myself. Guys, what an incredible race. (laughs) That guy... You know, Kurt never gives up. That guy is a winner. Uh, we can't wait to talk about that race, what he got done. But remember, this show is about you guys. We want you to call in 1-844-NASCAR-NBC. Fill up those phone lines. Guy's 43 years old. He got hired to come into this team, 2311, and do two things. Help build that team and win races. And he's doing both of them. Just a week ago, you and I went through the playoff field. Who was in trouble, who wasn't? And I think we were both shocked at Kurt Busch and perhaps a little bit of the lack of speed. I thought he was getting into Toyota equipment. No one, I think, questions his ability to drive a car. We didn't know what was missing. Well, whatever it was, DJ, they found it. Because not only did Kurt Busch win, and every win matters, so I don't want to discount anyone else's win, but he didn't win by a restart or by a strategy. He won by dominating a race, leading over 100 laps, and he said it right there. He actually lost the lead. Yep. and found a way to get it back from perhaps the hottest driver in NASCAR. And, and I think you heard it, the emotion in his voice. They mean a lot the whole time. But as you get later in your career, when you sure. make a change like this, I know it meant the, the world to him. And a popular win. seemed like everybody was happy to see Kurt win again. I think 100%. And I'm going to stand by something I said. Not only me, but a lot of people have said it. That, uh, And I've been saying this since I've been in this broadcast business, that Kirk Bush has made every team better that he has gone to. It doesn't matter where it was. Uh, he has made the organization better. Now, I think early on in his career, um, 
he some of we didn't look at his talents as much because maybe he was making comments and saying things that maybe he shouldn't. But you know that was being young at the time, and and I think there's a lot of competitors, athletes that kind of fall into that category that that happens. But in my opinion. I think this was his most impressive win that he has had in his career. And I know the man's won a Daytona 500, and we all cherish those, and it's great to have that. But when you look at the entire situation uh, of everything, uh, I know and the day that he won his championship uh, in, in Homestead, he had to overcome adversity there. I think this was the, the biggest win, best driving performance, what he had to do passing his brother and then, then working on Kyle Larson and getting there, I, I think, and, and in the moment uh, for Michael Jordan and, and this entire team and Denny. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I thought that the race that he put on, you know, was, was incredible to, to – being doing as long as he has, and then take the fight uh, to Kyle Larson, who's been, you know, one of the hottest drivers for the last year or so. Uh, you know, I, this battle for the end of the race, Steve, it, that was that was fun stuff right here. Right here, his brother's like, okay, man, you're better than me. I'm going to let you go. That was a huge deal. That was a big help to Kurt because it allowed him to clear him and then take the battle to Kyle. And with about 10 to go, 12 to go, I didn't think Kurt had it. He, he ran Larson down, and Larson moved his lane. Instead <laughs> yeah. of running the top, he entered high, DJ. He's smart enough to know what the wake of that car looks like, and he would cross down, and kind of instantly, Kurt had to come up with a different way. And what we saw there was not just talent, but experience. He took a breath. Yeah. He said, okay, I got to do this differently. He found a different way to do it. And then I think one of the coolest radios I heard the whole time was someone on the 5 channel said the 45 had put us on the wall, and Larson very quickly said, no, yeah. he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. Larson knew he had to stay on that quarter panel, gassed it up, got into the fa- – I mean, everything was – if the race fans don't like that type of racing, then I'm out of – I'm just out <laughs> of ideas because it was a heavyweight battle. It, it was amazing. And to watch drivers, I, I'm always uh, – I, I always love watching extraordinary people do amazing things. And, and as I watched that, it was, I was thinking just that. So what's he going to do now that – you know, his line has been taken away. His car is not handling as well. And, and he doesn't have much time to get this figured out. And, and when he did come up with his idea, it was like in two laps he was back on his bumper and, and ready to make uh, that pass coming out or get beside him coming out of four. And, and then, you know, staying off of I don't know how he did. He I, By my eye, he didn't never hit the five car uh, down in one and two. But how he stayed that close in the gas and, and literally made – I'm not going to call what Larson – did make a mistake. He had to stand in the gas and hope that it, you know, stuck right there. But that was just incredible driving and, and racing. To win a race like that, you have to be willing to wreck. Yeah. I mean, you have to throw it down there in turn one, side by side, and say, you know what? I'm driving here as deep as you are. Yeah. I'm going to be on your door, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And that's what he did. And that's why, to me, the, the Kurt Busch today is so special because he does the same things at 43 that he would have done at 23 in yeah. the race car. Yeah. And, and not a lot of people can do that. And you put him in those moments, step-up moment, that guy can still get it done. And that move that he made in turn one was 100% commitment. He, he, he's a clean racer. He wasn't going to take Kyle Larson out, but he was willing to lose control of his car in an effort to win that race. And that's the commitment he showed. And that's why they hired him. They, yeah. that when, when you walk through the garage, he still has the respect of his peers. People know that dude is going to stand on the gas and make stuff happen. And he's become better because, and you, you heard him say it at the beginning of the show, when he was young, it was all about him. Yeah. Selfish, you know, selfish Kurt. He has learned and he has changed. He's a 180-degree different oh, guy. Yeah. 
And he now is, I'm going to make you better. Right. And yep. he takes pride in that. He takes pride in making you better. And he and in doing that, he hasn't become worse himself. And that just makes him really dangerous, not just this year, but next year as is well. Is it almost worth saying, Jeff, and you point that out, that maybe we've seen a transformation in Kirk Bush more than anyone else we've ever seen in this sport to come through as I think about it. You know, I mean, we all come in, you know, young and when you at that age and, and you know, you, you think that, you know, you can conquer the world by yourself. Just get me in a car and I'll take this and handle it. And you figure out that there's a lot more to it. But I think the transformation he has made uh, with this is much larger than anyone else, any other really good driver I've ever seen. Why I think the transformation is so impressive is because no one ever questioned the behind the wheel. Most all of his opportunities came and went because of other noise. Some self-induced, some yeah. bad luck. You know, he gave people reasons to not believe in him anymore, whether it was comments in the media or privately. Mm-hmm. Now here is a 43-year-old driver who's representing brands that we expect 23-year-olds to represent. <laughs> Monster Energy on the hood of his race car, the Jordan brand on the right? So we talk a lot about what he does behind the wheel. But, but I think at times, sometimes the hardest thing to do is change your identity outside of a race car. And I really think that's what he's done. He's shored up who he is. Denny Hamlin hired him not only because of behind the wheel, but the business of NASCAR allowed him to hire him. He brought financing with him. He brought support with him. You know, he has chased the sport, right? He was given this opportunity by Jack Roush back at the Gong Show because he was faster than everyone else. And he's finally found a way over a couple decades to continue to become relevant. And now it's be fast and be sponsored, you know, a lot of yeah. different ways. That's very hard to do. So so he was also hired to be a teammate to Bubba Wallace. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, I'm not sure that Bubba Wallace ever had a teammate before. Like, he, yeah. I'm not sure he yeah. ever drove for a team that he had a teammate. So Bubba Wallace had to learn how to be a teammate. And you brought in a guy that's toward the end of his career that can still win races to help Bubba also learn how to be a teammate. And that's a really important role that he has. And what a great opportunity for Bubba to take advantage of that because you know that guy is winning he's helping he wants to elevate everybody think just think about this for one moment 18 different tracks he's won on okay it's it's 19th different season with a win all right he's won for four different manufacturers (laughs) he's won for five different teams I mean, think about that. That yeah. is a career. I mean, he is a, listen, it's a Hall of Fame career. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, for sure. And, he's, and, and in my world, he's nowhere near being done. No. He's nowhere near being done. But I think another glimmer into 2311 we saw was Denny Hamlin post-race. So Denny Hamlin has had great years, uh, Daytona 500s. He's had the struggles of last year. It took him a while to get in the victory lane. And that is as emotional as I've seen Denny Hamlin. So I don't know what happened. I don't know the story of how Kurt got in this car. I'm sure there was a lot of talk back and forth. All I know is I think it proved to me that this isn't a team owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin that someone else's runs. Yeah. Right? That, that elation, that relief, that emotional response of Denny Hamlin tells me that he not only has his name on the building at 2311, but I believe, DJ, he has to have a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and time involved for him to feel that excited about watching another competitor win in his car. You know, I was having a conversation with Nate Ryan before his show, and it, it came up, and, and it struck me yesterday after I saw Denny and how emotional he was that, and this might not be a fair comparison, but we're, we're all parents here, and to watch our kids 
accomplish things is way more important. My dad used to tell me that all the time, that when I would win races or something, he, you know, that made him more excited than, to watch me than anything he accomplished. And so we know as a kid, I think Denny views this, even though he's got two beautiful daughters, he views this as his baby. You know, this is his child. He started this, and he's putting it to work. And I think to see this happening uh, in front of his eyes much sooner than he anticipated, I'm sure, as much as you want things to happen fast. But I really believe that that this finally got to Denny that, hey, I've put this together, and, and, and it's happening, and it's working, and we have a great race team. Well, the knock on your race car drivers is you like to be in control because forever you controlled your opportunities in front of you. And I think when an owner is a race car driver, you know, Denny – knows when he's behind the wheel of the 11, he controls the car. Yeah. Being an owner, you make a lot of decisions, and like once they kind of leave the stable, you just don't have a lot of hand in it. So I think it's a different feeling when it finds success. Well, and, and a lot of people, including, you know, we had this conversation, right? Is it a distraction? Yeah. Owning a cup team is not a part-time job. No, no. <laughs> it is, you know, you, you watch Richard Childress, you watch Joe Gibbs, you watch... I mean, they go in, the first one's there, the last one's to leave. That's what it takes. So Denny is juggling that and still performing at a level. Now, listen, their results this year are nowhere near where they should be, but the speed's there. Yeah. And Denny Hamlin, in my opinion, is doing a really nice job. And I didn't know that... I didn't know if that could work for him. I don't... For anybody, for that matter. I mean, it's not just him, it's anybody... That is a lot. I know Dale Earnhardt did it. You know, he yeah. had his race team, uh, and and he drove for somebody else. But that is a major endeavor. And I think Denny Hamlin is with, you know, you cannot not include him in this conversation. He's the one that said, I want that guy. I want an experienced guy. I yeah. want to bring somebody in that I know can win races, that can, that can evaluate our cars. And as a co owner, he was willing to do that. He did not go and say, okay, we're going to hire a young guy. And then if we don't run good, it's going to be on him. He said, nope, we're going to put the pressure on us. I want a guy I know it can win. We think Bubba can win. We know he can win. We're going to put it on our shoulders. And that is, in my opinion, for a young car owner with a new team trying to build something, that's a bold move. It's easy to say, of course you go hire the best driver. It puts a ton of pressure on you as a car owner immediately. If you can't win with him, it's because of you. It's not because yeah. of him. And he was willing to take that. Well, I think there's a lot of pressure of the car owner, and there's a lot of pressure on the manufacturer because Toyota has definitely been, in my opinion, a step behind the Chevrolets. They dominated at Richmond, low-grip racetrack, and I know Kansas is a low-grip, but they didn't just win with Kurt Busch. They, they put all of those yeah. Toyotas up there. I know Bubba Wallace was back there in 10th, but he had some pitting issues on the racetrack, great speed. And poor Kyle Larson, I don't know what he was thinking in those closing laps because everywhere <laughs> he turned, there was a Toyota trying to take his position. So... You know, is this a glimmer into the future? I don't know. Is it a one-off at the low-grip Kansas? We don't know. But I believe we've seen a big step out of the Toyota camp. We knew that was going to happen with this car. I guess I wasn't sure it was going to be manufacturer-wide like we saw this weekend. Yeah, that was so impressive. I mean, when you see Christopher Bell on Saturday get the pole with an incredible lap, uh, and you saw a lot of the Toyotas have speed in their cars. That's, I think that's been the thing that we... we have seen that they haven't had that. And then even when they had a little bit of speed, they couldn't put it all together with that. Yesterday was not that at all. It was that, I mean, they were there uh, the entire race uh, doing the things that, that we expect from them. And, and I think that just took a little bit of time to get there. And it's, once again, it, knowing the people from Toyota and their commitment to this, they, weren't, they, they don't sit back. They, they, don't, they don't 
play well when they're not running good. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not fun to be around because they have a focus, and that's for everybody to be chasing them, and that's what happened yesterday. So, negative Jeff. This comes out every now and then. 23-11's got to get the pit stops fixed. Yeah. they got to find a way to get it fixed. They yeah. got by with it today, or like yesterday they got by with it because they got a long enough run and a racetrack that allowed them to run a different line and get out of that dirty air. But they continually put Bubba Wallace in a bad spot. And then at the key moment, they, they, they put Kurt in a position where he had to go get up on the wheel and make something happen. They're going to have to fix that. And I'm going to tell you, Steve, it's easy to say, fix it. It's a whole nother thing. Those people over that wall are the ones they believe are the best they have. They don't have a bench of people that they think are better than that. That, that group right there, they got to look within themselves. They're, they wouldn't be over pit wall if they're not talented, right? They just got to find a way to put the pieces together. All right, good news, bad news. We always talk about, oh, you're going to get Joe Gibbs Racing support. You got Toyota in your back pocket. This is going to be great. You're going to be good. Now, congratulations. You got what you're asked for. So now, Joe Gibbs Racing and the pit department at Joe Gibbs Racing needs to put successful pit crews on six race cars. That's 30 starting players. 30 Men and women that they've decided to go over the wall that are the best 30. That's very, very hard to do. Most teams have a secondary team to develop talent, right? So, yeah. so you look at organizations. Uh, RFK has a team down at JTG. You know, everyone has people in other teams to develop, especially with this single lug. You can't develop it on Saturday. Xfinity's no good. Five lug nuts. It's not going to help you. Now, Joe Gibbs Racing is going to have to make those improvements, and I don't think it's just 2311. Danny Hamlin's been vocal about his pit crew. Kyle Busch at times has been vocal about his pit crew. So to your point, you are absolutely right. It has to improve if they want to continue this trend, but it has to improve across six cars. That is very – you hope that maybe you can move internally. Maybe it's not a teamwork thing, but I'm going to tell you, you know – as a guy who used to try to manage that, you know, I wouldn't want to manage 30 athletes. I mean, that is a lot of people you're going to have to try to figure out. So, you know, what's interesting is that um, that's a great point. We have shorter practices than we've ever had. Yeah. We have guys on cup teams are not getting reps on Saturday. And, and it's a completely different pit stop than before. Yes. And so how do you... There's, I don't. You cannot replicate cars coming down pit road. You cannot replicate no. that pressure, and not being able to do it on a Saturday. That is a great point, mm-hmm. and and that that is something they're going to have to find a way to over overcome. Now I'm just going to say one other thing that factors in as we see some teams knock off these really incredibly fast stops. Then they start noticing those numbers. Oh, when we're gonna, when are we going to do that? So we're trying harder to be faster, and we know a lot of times. You, as a driver, too, you, you go faster by not trying quite as hard. And so I think that that factors in. And when you start doing that, then you start making more mistakes. And listen, let me, let me say this. The reason I bring up Joe Gibbs Racing is because they're also not developing talent mid-pack. Yeah. You, you know, people that, but no, it's right. easy to that's have right good there. and bad pit stops front of 15th. Because yeah. nobody sees 15th nobody to 17th or 15th right. to 13th. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, when you come down 1-2 and uh-huh. you're on that split screen... Everybody's going to know when you lost Fox. <laughs> well, when we come back, we've got the winner. we got Kurt Busch. Can't wait to talk to him and see what he has to say. You know, we, we are uh, just excited to have him on. Appreciate him coming on. And also, after Kurt, we want you guys to call in. Be sure to join the show. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Just hearing around the shop, the collaboration is just getting better, and, and they're really honing in and, and getting their setups good. And um, you know, it's just uh, it's exciting to see like the hard work and how it pays off. One of the funnest things is having a front row seat <laughs> to those final 25 laps. I mean, I was it was right there in front of me, and you know, I'm pushing because I honestly I I really wanted a one-two finish like really bad. That was the funnest part is seeing it and seeing it live and. You know, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm just, you know, go, you know, go. And so, like, it's just such a weird feeling. Can't help but, you know, be emotional about it. And certainly there's been no win that I've had that has equaled uh, the emotions of this one, for sure. Well, that was owner Denny Hamlin after the big win for 23-11, and he was talking about this man, Kurt Busch, driver of the 45. Kurt, first of all, thank you for joining us, and congratulations. It was an impressive day, a dominant day. Led over 100 laps, lost the lead on pit road, and then in veteran style, methodically worked your way back those uh, a pair of Kyles, as you put it, that you had to beat. But it was an impressive run. Congrats. Oh, thank you. And uh, Denny's right. Like it's It's special building this team up and – having everybody jump on board from different organizations to come together here at 2311. And it's like we're a group of rebels that were on this team or that were on that team. Uh, but it's it's so gratifying to be able to bring them to victory lane and for me to do my part, for pit crew to do their, I mean, everybody adds to this. And then how special is it to win with the Jordan brand car and that paint scheme? Uh, that's, that's a huge foundation for our company. Well, Kurt, it was extremely impressive, and DJ and I were, as drivers, we were marveling over the pass you made with Kyle Larson. That took full commitment. Uh, tell us about that move. So, when we came off pit road in third, and we were about 30 laps to go, and our car is really good after 15 laps. I just have to stay close. Uh, like, in basketball, we just got to keep this game tied, keep it uh, late as far as uh, like 15 laps into the run and I had a couple runs on Larson lost my momentum off turn four and that was a slide job earlier in the race where I'm like all right turn two is I think where I need to make this pass start out and then close it out and you find guys weaknesses uh, our strength was turn two where his weakness was and I'm glad it all worked out but I was I was gonna throw down a slide job and I'm like nah he's expecting that so I'm going to wear him down old school asphalt style and make him drive through his right front. Well, Kurt, it was impressive. I was wondering because you called him and looked like you might make the pass, and then he kind of took your your line away from you a little bit, and and you dropped back. Uh, but to come back was impressive. I said for a long time you've made every race team better uh, that you have gone to. Uh, to me. And I don't know how you feel because you have a lot of big wins. You obviously have that championship and everything it took at Homestead that day in 2004. I think this was your most impressive driving performance and win of your career. Any thoughts there? 
Oh, thanks, DJ. And and yes, this next gen car is is definitely a handful. Like there's so many new techniques or new rhythms. And early this year, I'm like, whoa, I've got 22 years of experience, and a lot of it's just been wiped clean. Like the the dry erase board is is fresh and brand new with this car. But yet, I was telling Billy Scott, I'm like, if it gets down to the end at Kansas, we have to free the car up because everybody drives up, like triple hard at the end and you blow through your front tire slip angle. Uh, there's all this data and all these things that Denny's teaching me from the way that JGR is operated. And so the first uh, you know, six, eight weeks, I was just drinking through a funnel on all the new technology and all the new rhythms. And I'm telling you, Billy Scott, is a great leader and I, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without him and i'm glad that we worked together in the past at shr to know how strong this combination can be so i'm just hopeful that we're just starting to scratch the surface and we'll keep moving on up so kurt uh, as dj mentioned right you've won for four manufacturers five different uh race teams you find your way to victory lane all the time but it is the month of may we are nbc and we're heading up there i'm actually going up for indy 500 qualifying this week you were the last NASCAR scar to go up there and give it a shot. And I won't lie, I was cheering you on that day. It was an impressive run inside the top 10. Give us a little insight on what our old buddy Jimmy Johnson's going to face as the seven-time champ starts his Indy 500. What kind of chance do you give him? And what are going to be his challenges up there at the Brickyard open wheel style? Yeah, I'm so happy he's going to run the 500. Uh, the, the pageantry, the show, the, the different feel of that racetrack in the month of May is completely different than the Brickyard weekend in July or August when NASCAR goes there. So he, he'll know how to block all that out. He's a seven-time NASCAR champion. He has tons of IndyCar experience now. He's been on an oval and had his best finish at Texas recently. He's ready. He's ready to do it. He's confident, and the team is, is going to guide him through what he needs to do at Indy. But he has years and years years of experience at Indy, and that's what I use my foundation. Say, all right, I'm going to go run an Indy car, but I know this track and I feel confident in what I'm doing. Johnson's going to be a step ahead of where I was. All right, I love it. Well, this is a call-in show, so Kurt, appreciate you joining us, but we got a fan on the phone. Chandler, you're on with Kurt Busch. Thanks, Steve. And Kurt, I hate to tell you this, but I'm a big fan of your brother, Kyle, but I'm also a fan of you, man. Congratulations at Kansas. So, Kurt, you know, this year you have now, you know, this year started off, you know, not the way, you know, you, Denny, and Bubba expected. You guys wrecked a lot in the past couple of weeks, but now you guys are finally winners this year. What are you guys hoping for the for the season later this, this year? Yeah, I feel like uh, top fives early. I had four top tens. Like, things were going, but... We were piecing those finishes together uh, with straws. Now the raw speed is starting to show up, and that's with the collaboration again with Toyota, uh, with with JGR. You know, Bubba is feeling more confident about his setups. And this again, like the last two weeks, Denny and I were talking about a month ago, like this little stretch of Dover, Darlington, Kansas, is going to help what direction we need to go for the summer months. And so Darlington's one of my favorites. Kansas, I finished fourth there last fall. I'm like, we got to capitalize on one of those two. And then now we got a, a, an awesome all-star race to look forward to. And 
Charlotte, uh, Bubba was there testing a couple weeks back. Again, it's just building the layers up, and we just want to keep looking through the windshield right now. Hey, Curtin, I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago uh, about this new car. You said it's a, you had to start completely over, but what is the one thing that as a driver you've had to adjust the most to with this car? Denny was saying this earlier in the year, and I couldn't figure it out. He's like, yeah, you just drive in deeper, and it'll cut and stick better. I'm <laughs> like, uh, when I do that, I'm sliding and I'm almost knocking the fence down. And these last couple weeks, if you're running good for pace, normally as a driver, you know this, Jeff, you know this, DJ, that you don't want to go through the tire's slip angle. You want to try to have a nice conservative uh, lap time drop off. This car, as soon as you crack the throttle to try to be nice to your tires, you're like sideways loose. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I was trying to ask for the car to do. And so you have to keep digging. You got to keep pressuring and you got to hope that, you know, your tire wear balances out right and you don't have a left rear problem. That seems like that's what the most vulnerable part of this car has been is the left rear. And I'm glad that uh, we've we've ended up on the conservative side in that corner of the car. So, Kurt, there's a lot of special firsts to your win, whether it's the new team at 2311, uh, your first win back or in a Toyota. But I think one of the more special ones perhaps is the car number. Nobody knows the 45 number better than our colleague Kyle Petty. So we're going to have him join us here. Kyle, you got your man Kurt Busch on here. I'd love to hear you guys talk about how special it was, KP, for you to see that number go to victory lane so special with your son Adam driving it for those years. Yeah, listen, listen I, I got to tell you, Kurt, and I, I, I told Dustin yesterday, I look like Tom Cruise on Oprah Winfrey jumping up and down uh, on the couch, man. Everybody <laughs> at the Petty family was pulling for Kurt Busch. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, my little boy Overton was going, go, Kurt, go. And I, you know, and, and I just want to say thank you. And, and we talked about this when, when, when Denny called and, and was talking about the 45. It meant something to Michael Jordan. It's always going to mean something to me. Um, I, I just filled in for Adam. Uh, and now you're making it your number. And, and you don't know. I mean, it was very emotional for me. And I know it was, I know it's still emotional for me to see that 45. But I just wanted to say thank you, man. Um, and what took you so long? I thought you were going to do it in the first three or four races of the year, man. Uh, fantastic job. Fantastic job. Uh, but thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yes, sir, and thank you again for the privilege to run this car number. And, you know, with MJ making the call, it's like whatever MJ wants, right? But still, it's the, a matter of respect to you, to King, and, and for Adam. I, I remember watching him when I was growing up on the West Coast. I'm like, you know, my dad's a racer. Adam's dad's a racer. Grandpa, like this, this is that cool family connection. And honestly, when, when you win races, there's a lot of emotions, and there's a lot of reasons why. And I'll tell you, I know that uh, I know that I had a spiritual connection with that 45 on Sunday, and to learn afterwards that it was 22 years, the anniversary was this week, it really makes you understand that the universe can talk to you in many different ways. Yeah, yeah and it, it, was, it was amazing for, um, it's always a tough week, um, but you know, Thursday was the, the 12th, and that was 22 years. You, you mentioned it early, 22 years experience that you've got. Uh, you jump in that 45 and, and go out there and win. Uh, and, and it's time, it's time to move forward. And, and you guys did that. Um, and from, from our family, 
Um, listen, I'm going to be a Kurt Busch fan for the rest of my life. Uh, I've already got the 45 tattoos, so I'm just going to be the 45 guy with Kurt Busch. Maybe I put your name under. Maybe that's what I'll do, man. But, but again, I, I don't... I, I don't even know what to say to you uh, because I will. I am forever indebted to you and uh, and Denny and Michael and everybody at Twenty Three Eleven um, for for taking that number and putting it in Victory Lane where I always thought uh, Adam would one day put it. Um, I, like I said, I just filled in his space uh, for a while, and now it's your deal. You know what's going to be great? Have you gotten the invite to join us on Wednesday for our team party? <laughs> I'm on vacation, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping you were on Wednesday. I've, I've been celebrating since last night. Since you crossed the start finish line, Morgan and Overton and Cotton and I have been celebrating. So don't worry about me, man. I'm already a day or two ahead of you. All right. I'm going to teach everybody at 2311 how important this is to the Petty family. We're having a toast on Wednesday. Uh, MJ's sending down tequila for everybody. We're going to shut the shop down a half hour early, and I'm going to teach everybody how special this 45 number is to the Petty family, and you're going to get that many more spirits pushing to make this car faster. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Love you, dude. Great stuff, Kyle. Thanks for joining yeah. us. And, Kurt, we really appreciate you calling in. It's always special to win a race, but to take the time of the Monday to join us, to talk to Kyle, to talk to the fans. It was great. It was a popular win. We all see why, man. We couldn't be happier for you. Now you have a few more weeks to get practiced up. Back to the playoffs, man. Back to the playoffs. You get another shot. We know you were there last year. You get another shot with a new team this year. Thank you, guys. And, yeah, I was telling Billy Scott, let's just keep everything the same. And he's like, no, we got to go get stage wins and tally up those, those points for the playoffs. But, hey, it's, it's great to have good problems. And, again, uh, with everybody at 2311, thank you, Toyota. Monster Energy and, and Jordan Brand, what a win. We're going to celebrate this one for a while, but let's get after it. Let's keep going, and the playoffs are going to be ours. All right, man, congratulations. Appreciate it. We were talking about the background. How about our man Kurt Bush? He's at his crew chief's garage. I like that. <laughs> you get working on that quarter midget, so uh, putting you to work already. Pretty good stuff. It is. It was great to hear Kyle there. Um, I read that article. I didn't know how yeah. the 45 transferred and who was called. It was, it was a... Um, an impressive article written by Dustin Long about yes. Danny calling Kyle and asking for the right to run that number. We know how special it was for Kyle, uh, and, and I have no doubt he's celebrating it, and no doubt it was special for Kurt Busch to take that 45 victory lane. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, I got a little, when Kyle came on, I got a little emotional. You know, yeah. we got, we've, you know, when you compete against a guy, you don't know him that well, but since we got a chance to work with Kyle, I mean, I just, I love that guy, and his family has meant so much to this sport, and for for Kurt and, and that team to win on that week, I mean that's incredible. And it's just a these are the moments that you you know you realize you're all connected, right? This sport, yeah. you fight like hell, like you <laughs> will fight yeah. each other and you will go at each other. But this sport is so connected, and and uh, everybody really cares about you, even if you don't think they do. And that those two talking together, it, I'll be honest, it, it was pretty that, emotional listening to them. It sure was. That that's just amazing. And you know the Petty family. Uh, it, you know, they've been so great for the sport, but they've also had things taken away from them as a family. And, uh, you know, what Kyle was talking about, uh, May the 12th, and, and that was the day that it happened 22 years ago. Well, Austin uh, had a daughter born uh, just this past Thursday on Crazy. May the 12th. Right. And then Kirk turns around and wins this race. Uh, and that gives me chills just thinking about this. And uh, 
I, I tell you what, it, it, you, you think about Richard Petty and the grin and the smile that he always has and how much Kyle is always smiling just like that right there. Adam might have been the one that had the most infectious <laughs> smile yeah. of them all, and, and what a great talent he was going to be just taken from us too soon. But uh, just just an amazing week, and uh, you know, I'd love to see things like this happen. For yeah, people. just a couple weeks ago, the Kyle Petty Charity Ride raised yeah. money in Adam's name uh, for the Victory Junction Gang Camp. So a lot of great things going on in that area. But listen, we got a little bit of show left. Fans, call in, talk to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts about Kansas, Kurt Busch. Or another driver, maybe Ricky Stenhouse. Another top 10 for the 47. A lot of good runs at Kansas. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Uh, all in all, man, it's a, a solid day, you know, three weeks in a row for our Kroger team. Uh, our Dillon's uh, Louisiana hot sauce Camaro was, was really good all day. You know, once we got track position, we you know made good pit stops, good adjustments, and, and stayed up front. Those top five were really, really fast. Uh, we didn't have anything for them, but I felt like, you know, where we were uh, right there at the end is about what we had. I'm no tire master, so I, I, I don't know the ins and outs on, on what they're thinking. I know they'll probably just come back and tell us we're being too aggressive. But, like, I didn't know. We didn't even think we were aggressive. We were fine all day, never had a problem with great, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have one go. And, uh, so there's no tell, no, like, no total signs. You don't pull it off or, like, another one and see it's just hard to know. You get a top 10 out of Bubba, but he was talking to him. He was frustrated with Oh, he should be. He should be frustrated. He had a much, he had a, listen, I, I passed 45 pretty early, easily in traffic. I couldn't pass the 23. And he was really, really fast. I mean, extremely fast. And the results just don't show it. But like I said, we're, as a team, we're, we're letting them down right now. So that was fun racing with Kurt. You know, the last half of the race, I, uh, was trying hard uh, the whole time. I about spun out in front of him there at some point, I think, in the third stage. And then uh, we just kept fighting through it. So thanks to my team for building me a uh, war machine. Um, I hit the wall a lot today and um, just struggled. Like, people could you know, put air on me and get me really tight. And then, yeah, I hit the wall. So um, we'll work on that and figure it out. But you happy with my car? Yeah, I mean, the, the most disappointing part, I guess, is we were leading controlling the last restart and I wasn't able to hold on to it so would like to have been this bush in victory lane to uh, celebrate Lennox being born this week so uh, hey to Lennox and Brexton and Samantha at home we'll be be there shortly and um, we're clicking right now it feels pretty good the kid in me the racer in me has a lot of fun passing cars but at the end I just wanted to stay up there and and fight for a top five and this judge just hit it I just ran into a big tire like how do I do that but keep plugging along with top 10s being a quote-unquote bad day, I'll take it. Sound from a bunch of the drivers from this weekend's race in Kansas. A few other drivers I think we should talk about. You had Austin Sindrick in 11th. Brad Keselowski, 14th, continuing to improve there with RFK. And then a little bit farther down, Noah Gregson. That's a pretty decent run in 18th. Corey LaJoy in 19th and Ty Dillon in 20th. So I'll say a mixed 
result for different drivers, some drivers that perhaps we didn't expect to run up towards the front, had good days in Kansas, and it was anything but easy. Once again, we have seen these cars um, basically by themselves spinning out, wrecking, catching themselves, big moments. I know as drivers you might not be fans, but I'm fans (laughs) because forever I wonder if maybe we all took for granted what these drivers were doing. Well, we're not taking them for granted anymore. It is obvious on the razor's edge these drivers are with this car. I'm a fan of it, and yeah. I, I was a fan of it when we were doing it. Like, I, I want them to be hard to drive. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, honestly, that's what driving a race car is supposed to be. It's supposed to push you and challenge you. And, what, you know, that conversation we just had with Kurt, he said, you got to drive the car further than you want to. You, mm-hmm. Your brain says lift, and you can't. And I go to almost every race, and that's what it looks like. They drive these cars so hard, and then all of a sudden, around it goes. But if you're not willing to flirt with that wreck, you can't make pace. And, and they don't know where that edge is. I mean, that's what's so fascinating. Like, they're finding out where that edge of limit is. Steve, the definition of driving a race car fast is being on the edge of wrecking over and over and over and over. That's how you make lap time. Yeah. These guys, it's a razor's edge. You've got grip. You think you got grip. You just got to crush it. And then all of a sudden, you don't. And around it goes. And the wall saved Kyle Larson. I mean, yeah, he was yeah, going yeah. around, but he just closed yeah, enough to the yeah. wall. And it's fun to watch. I mean, it's absolutely fun to watch him driving his war machine. I love that. It was my war machine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could have used some of these durable bodies back in my day a few times when I hit the wall a little too much, but they didn't have them like that. But I remember on Harvick yesterday, what a save he made coming yeah. off of four the one time. So just amazing to watch. But I, I'm a fan of it. Um, as you pointed out, I always wanted cars. I felt like that it had better chances when they didn't drive as good. And that and I like seeing this giving more people that list that you went down of of drivers that we don't always see up in around the top 10 and even in the to the top 20. That's an accomplishment whenever you go through a day and you can finish inside the top 20 with these cars. And uh, it's nice to see different names up there on occasion. And and the battles and the races we've had, uh, I'm sorry, if you don't like this, then you need to find another form of motorsports. You saw, you're talking the battles, like being there and being there and watching the races in person, it's crazy. Oh, Like yeah. it is they race from first to f- for 36, and it is constantly something going on. And you're watching it, and one, a guy drives in the corner, everything's good and normal, and then the next time he goes in there, he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is something going on the entire time. It kind of reminds me, remember when uh, radial tires came along yes. for the very first time, yes. and we didn't know what to expect? I mean, these things would just spin out all of a sudden, you know? You didn't know what you did, and oh. that's kind of what it reminds me of. All right, have some calls. Let's take yeah. some calls. All right, Justin, you're on Motor Mouse. Uh, hey guys, uh, I wanted to ask you about Kevin Harvick. I mean, I'm I'm a diehard Kevin Harvick fan, and it's been so hard to watch him struggle the way he's been struggling for the past year and a half now. And I know Kevin; he's he's a champion driver, future Hall of Famer. I know Rodney Childers is a smart crew chief, but it just seems like there's there's some changes that need to be made over there with that team. And I wanted to ask you guys what. What do you think they can do to to make their cars faster? Because they just they have no speed in them right now, and it's just it's just really hard to watch as a Kevin Harvick fan. And I I know what kind of driver what he's capable of, and I just it's just hard to watch him not have no speed in his car. I mean, he's nowhere near contending for a win like like I know he can. And I just wanted to ask you guys what you think some kind of changes that they could do to get their cars faster because he's on the bubble well, thanks, right Justin. now. Of, 
Yeah, I was going to say, thanks, Justin. Listen, it's a good point. The cars aren't that fast. The first Ford was 11th, so I don't think this is just an SHR issue. I think it's gone all the way over to the Blue Oval. And he, Justin was just bringing it up there at the end of his question. The challenge for Harvick currently is he's in the playoffs, but kind of just barely. So it's hard to start making big swings at things to find raw speed to win races because if you miss too many times, now you're out of the playoffs. So, so I think there's this awkward spot that I believe Kevin Harvick is good enough and Roddy Childers is, is good enough to point their way into the playoffs as a veteran driver and experienced race team. But is that good enough? Will that make them happy if they make the playoffs and don't contend for wins? Kevin Harvick is a very determined race car driver. So I think this is a heart-to-heart they have to have. And only they can answer this question, DJ, right? But I think if they take the swings to win races, it may cost them the playoffs if they swing and miss. Yeah, yeah. They're in a difficult position. And I'm a huge Kevin Harvick fan as far as the competitor, the driver. Uh, He can still get the job done. There's no doubt in my mind. You give him uh, the the car that's capable of it, and and he's going to challenge for wins and going to eventually win a race in in that. So you want to see that. But I can make a case. You talk about where they sit in the points. I could give you seven drivers right now that I think have – a better chance of winning a race right now. And, and there's only five spots left open at this point in time as far as winning a race and getting in. So uh, I think it's going to be difficult. It's a, it's a tough balance there. Um, I, I'll just go back a couple of years, and this is the place you worked at, and that was at Hendrick Motorsports. And we were saying, what in the hell is wrong at Hendrick Motorsports? They can't, nobody there. They had a young group of, of drivers. They couldn't get through. So And they, they just weren't performing. And I think that it's not that... They, they, it's the, that they've got a young crowd over there I, at, at, at Stuart Haas. I think that, I don't think, I think they've got great people. I don't know that I would change anyone. I, I just think that their time will come back around. And, and right now, I think a lot of the Fords are, are having the issues, and uh, it's more than just the issues there. But I think Kevin Harvick can get it done. Yeah, the Fords aren't as good as the Chevrolets and the Toyotas right now. We've seen Toyota make a big jump the last few weeks. Maybe Ford can make it. Uh, the change within that team, in my opinion, doesn't come with Rodney Childress and Kevin Harvick. No. It, 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 uh, those two need to just keep working to yeah. get better. And think about what they did last year. I mean, we forget that. They yeah. were horrible early in the year. And by the end of the year, they got where they were contending for race wins. Yeah. And so I wouldn't, if I were you as a Kevin Harvick fan, I wouldn't give up. Yeah. Because you look how much gain, gain they made last year. They don't have that much to make up this year. They're way better off taking off this year than they did last year. So I wouldn't give up on Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers. And the whole Ford camp in general, very general statement. I know they have Harvick, Logano, Blaney, but they are young as well. With Sendrick, your son Harrison, we look at Cole Custer, Briscoe. So positive being young is they have a lot of talent for a lot of time. The challenge is if you don't have guys that have won consistently in these cars. Great point. They know they yeah. need to drive better, but they may not know exactly what knob to turn. So, yeah. you know, it's a challenge that, 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 listen, everyone faces, and they're going to have to continue to battle. Josh, you're next up on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Yeah, gentlemen, um, my question has to do with the tires. In every race we've had this season, including the race at Kansas, we've seen at least one team have a problem with the tires and having loose wheels, even though, as we saw last week with Kurt Busch, he was able to save it. With this being a consistent problem and teams having members being somewhat unfairly suspended, if you will, I kind of want to propose this and kind of get your thoughts on it. If we were to keep this 18-inch diameter in place, could we possibly return to steel rims and five lug nuts in order to reduce so many suspensions and problems with the team members? 
So well, see, I can see, see you in the excitement. Steve and I are fighting about who's going to answer. answer this. Go ahead, I'm going to give you a shot. Well, I'm going to answer the first part. Listen, nobody's wheels fall off in practice. These wheels and tires are falling off because they're doing it too quickly in pit stops. They don't fall off by themselves. And that's just the truth. Now, what happened to the 43 yesterday, that's a whole other story. Yeah. It got guarded on there, but it didn't come off. If They don't come off in practice. So the problem is it's new, and the pit crews have to do a better job. Letting them off by light lesson in the penalties, you said it's unfair or whatever the word you use. I disagree with you 100%. It's their job to get it tight. If they can't get it job tight, that's their fault. It's nobody else's. It's their fault. And so the teams have to take responsibility for getting the wheels tight. If that means they got to slow the pit stop down, then that's what they got to do. It's, it's just that simple. Is it easy? No. Clearly it's not easy, Steve. But it is their responsibility and it is their job. As the driver, if I drove it in the wall, I only went to the Infocare Care Center. Nobody else went with me. And with this wheel thing, they've got to get the wheel on and they've got to get it tight. I will tell you the number of wheels that stay on are way more than the number of wheels that come off. So I agree. User error is part of it. I think there could be a bigger window of opportunity, but I don't believe a steel wheel or five lug nuts is the answer. Keep moving forward with what we have. Great questions. Keep yep. them coming. Call in. We could talk more about Kansas. We could look ahead to the All-Star Race. You can tell us what driver you love, you hate. You can pick on Burton <laughs> a little bit more. Mr. Negative. Call in. Talk to him. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Indianapolis Grand Prix was last weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's the road course, and this is Colton Herta. I'm telling you, he won in the rain, and if you didn't see it, it was chaos. Really, the first rain race when the new windscreen visibility was tough. Grip was even harder. This save right here might be the coolest thing I've ever seen. Look at this. <laughs> Drifting, IndyCar, why not? Colton Herta, the tremendous talent in this car. We've seen it time and time again this year, but they have found ways to lose races. Not this week. It's a great way to start off the month of May. IndyCars at Indianapolis. And I love adding this event, Jeff. You start with the road course and then you move forward. I mean, look at the week ahead. Indy 500 practice all week long on Peacock. And then on Sunday, Indy 500 qualifying. We have a little bit of qualifying on Saturday. Then the final 12 go again on Sunday for the front row. Three cars, an IndyCar, not NASCAR. I'll be heading up this week to watch qualifying. Dale. My son's yep. graduating, so I'm taking the race weekend off. But you're heading up month of May. My you... first time. Yep. Waited 65 years to go to the Indianapolis <laughs> 500 here, so I'm finally going to make it. Looking forward to it. And listen, I sat on the Peacock pit box a year ago with Jimmy Johnson, and we watched qualifying. We watched those guys roll into turn one. The man over here has won some brickyards. It's not going to look anything like you've ever <laughs> seen it. I've seen it. These guys yeah. are crazy. Uh, the pace, the speed, it's going to be awesome. Month of May for Indianapolis. Let's get to some calls. The last segment, let's run through as many calls as we can. Shane, you're on Motormouse. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, big Kurt Bush fan here, so I'm extremely happy. My question is for uh, Jeff and Dale. I saw Steve earlier today in Backstreet Drivers. And is Kurt safe? Do you guys think there's going to be more than 16 first-time winners this year? Um, and I'll wait for your answer. Thank you very much, and enjoy the show. 
All right, so 16 yeah. make the playoffs. We have 11 winners. Anyone make it on points? We're going to have 16 winners. I made this list. Now, I'm just going to run through it right quick, and you can do the math then. So, there's seven of them. Blaney, Truex Jr., Reddick, Bell, Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, and Daniel Suarez, I think all have legitimate chances to win a race. That would be more than 16. So, you better... you. It, it, you better be high in points because there's not going to be – it might be – we talked about it the other day. It might be two spots, maybe three maybe, at the yeah. most. Maybe. So, maybe. I agree. I think there's going to be spots on points, but it's not going to be easy. Um, although, I didn't have Kurt Busch winning. So, the seats are <laughs> filling up. The seats are filling up. Uh, next caller on Motor Mouse, James, you're up. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to ask if you guys thought that because of the flat tires that we saw at Dover and a lot this week in practice and during the race – about 25 laps in. Do you think Goodyear missed the mark on the tire this week, or do you think teams are overstepping on the setups? Thank you. You want to take it? You want to take it? I took the last tire question. You All right, so it. here's real simple. This is the deal, in my opinion. Air pressure down on the left rear tire is instant speed. It's like getting closer to the flame. You started a real conservative number. You're going to be fine. You're like a 15th place car. Half pound, 12th place car. Half pound, 9th place car. Next thing you know, you're a fast car. My challenge would be, much like wheels falling off, that my man Jeff has an opinion, we didn't see a lot of flat tires out of the guys running 25th on back. Flat tires happened up front. I do agree with what James Small's frustration is. He basically was like, we had a flat, then we were fine, I didn't change anything. I, I believe in him. But all tires are not the same. There's a window of durability, and if you get the wrong tire on the wrong day with the wrong setup, you have issues. I'll also add in that that front stretch at Kansas on low air going down on that flat can damage a tire. I think that all adds in. I think this will go away as teams get smarter with experience. I'll just say that NASCAR stock cars have always been the biggest challenge is heavier and the oh. loads that are put on the tires. So uh, will Goodyear make some changes throughout? Probably so. Everybody's learning with every piece of this new car. Yeah, when they do, it's going to drive worse, and they're going to wish they, they had to complain. <laughs> <laughs> I want right. my left uh, rear tire yeah, now. <laughs> All right, Collie, you're next. I'm sorry? Yes, sir. Jose. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I just had a question. Uh, do you guys think that Kansas was a turning point for Toyotas and the mile and a half programs? And then do you guys also believe that there's a certain manufacturer that has an advantage over different manufacturers? Like, for example, do Toyotas have an advantage over Ford and mile and a half? Or do Chevys have an advantage over Ford and Toyota in uh, short track? I just want your guys' input on that. Jose, great question. Basically, it's a manufacturer question. First of all, turning point. I believe it was a turning point. A little bit of a low-grip racetrack. If they can back it up at Charlotte in a couple weeks at the 600, then I'm a believer when it comes to Toyotas. Short tracks, advantage. Now, I think they're not all equal, but they're not all equal by nefarious means. It's as information is disseminated through the three manufacturers, you kind of, uh, what do we call it? You know, it's the hunt for speed. Maybe they turned over the right stone. Jeff, agree, disagree? I, so I, I, we've talked about it. We feel like Chevrolet's had this pretty big advantage. Toyota's been catching on the mile and a half. Uh, and I don't think that goes away. I don't, think it, I don't think it goes away at all. I think they've learned something, and it's not something. They've learned multiple things, yeah. and they'll keep applying that and making it better. So I think it was, it was a step forward for Toyota. Yeah, I think definitely a step forward. I think Ford's probably have the most work to do. There are certain racetracks that, that they've proven that they have speed. Daytona was one of those. Talladega was an example that they could be there. But they're going to have to get better at some of these other places for sure. How about that list? That's a long list of potential winners. Oh, Yeah. It's, it's going to get interesting. Not only that, but think about the, the point advantage compared to other years. 
People had major advantages in points going into the playoffs. We don't have yeah, that this year. Yeah. It's going to be a tighter playoff. Ooh. It's going to be huh. It's going to be tense for everybody. All ten nail biters, yeah. Yes. Not to mention the upcoming schedule. Four road courses, a couple speedways. We take over by out in Nashville. Thanks for tuning in. Wednesday, once again, NASCAR America Motel, 6 o'clock on Peacock. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.